Hi everyone, welcome back to STS 101 Introduction to Social Development. I hope you have already understood the topics in week 9 covering unit 4.1 to 4.2. This week we will now focus on issues and challenges in social development management within the human ecological framework. Before we start, let me read the copyright notice of this material. This material has been reproduced and communicated to you by or on behalf of University of the Philippines, pursuant to Part 4, the Law on Copyright of Republic Act 8293 or the Intellectual Property Code of the Philippines. The university does not authorize you to reproduce or communicate this material. The material may contain works that are subject to copyright protection under RA8293. Any reproduction and or communication of the material by you may be subject to copyright infringement and the copyright owners have the right to take legal action against such infringement. Do not remove this notice. You may directly uh, ask questions or clarifications from your faculty in charge via the email or other platforms made available to you in case you have any questions about this unit's topics. Hi everyone, welcome back to SS101, Introduction to Social Development. I hope you have already understood the topics in week 9 covering unit 4.1 to 4.2. This week, we will now focus on issues and challenges in social development management within the human ecological framework. Before we start, let me read the copyright notice of this material. This material has been reproduced and communicated to you by or on behalf of University of the Philippines pursuant to Part 4, the Law on Copyright of Republic Act 8293 or the Intellectual Property Code of the Philippines. The university does not authorize you to reproduce or communicate this material. The material may contain works that are subject to copyright protection under RA8293. Any reproduction and or communication of the material by you may be subject to copyright infringement and the copyright owners have the right to take legal action against such infringement. Do not remove this notice. If you have any questions about this uh, week's topic, you may direct any questions or clarifications to your faculty in charge via email or other platforms that they have made available to you. So let's start. In week nine, we already discussed the social development issues in the context of the human ecological framework. We also listened to development practitioners through our we webinar and learned more about some strategies and initiatives as well as the challenges and opportunities towards sustainable development. So this week, week 10, we will continue with the last topic of unit four, Issues and Challenges in Social Development Management within the Human Ecological Framework, where we will examine the challenges and problems encountered in planning and implementing social development programs and initiatives. This will help us towards applying lessons learned in the case of Barangay Bika, Magallanes, which you should already be familiar with now. So the unit for learning outcomes are as follows. At the end of the unit, the student must be able to, number two, analyze issues and challenges in social development programs within the human ecological framework, and number three, design social development initiatives within the human ecological framework 
in consideration of identified issues and challenges in program planning and implementation. So the learning outcomes for this week are connected to the learning outcomes of week nine, but with more focus on learning outcomes two and three. The topics would uh, discuss the issues and challenges such as theoretical issues, social development strategies and implementation issues, and assessment and evaluation issues. At the end of the week, you will need to work again on your case analysis and design social development initiatives within the human ecological framework in consideration of identified issues and challenges in program planning and implementation. Let's start with some comments at an NGO meeting in Saravejo. So there is a comment uh, stated in your PowerPoint that uh, at an NGO meeting in Saravejo, some people noted they came here not for us but for them. Saravejo is the capital of Bosnia and has been on global news for quite some time. But this is not because of achievements, but because of a war that has essentially destroyed the place. So, so there has been a four-year siege that has decimated the city. Practically around 60% of the buildings were damaged or destroyed. 80% of utilities were disabled. And some 11,000 civilians were already killed during this war. In response, there have been several national and international efforts to reconstruct the place. However, most of these efforts have not succeeded. Try to think of the reasons why. So if you, there is actually a study that tried to look into this and analyze the situation. And what is, it found was that the efforts failed because of a narrow approach that focused on physical rebuilding. So there was a lack of community engagement. Efforts were largely from top to bottom or top down, and local institutional capacity was not strengthened. Thus, even though the objectives of the initiatives were good, the projects only served as breeding grounds for corruption. So it, these efforts did not succeed in actually reconstructing and rebuilding the destroyed city. This comment at the NGO meeting in Sarvejo actually captures some of the big issues that surround the implementation of social development initiatives. It also alludes to the situation wherein, in many instances, external projects actually benefit the implementing agencies more than the people. So there are comments, no, some examples wherein uh, consultants' fees in such initiatives are sometimes larger even than the amount allotted to the actual activities or the beneficiaries. So aid is also sometimes being used to legitimize the developed countries' exploitation of resources of less developed countries um, try to look at the image also presented in your PowerPoint. No? It shows that what beneficiaries get in return are very small or meager compared to the amount gained 
by the implementing agencies or groups from the transaction, including the social, the um, possible uh, tax breaks that they are able to get due to such activities, as well as the good um, image that it projects about their company or group. In addition, the term beneficiaries is also questioned. We think about whether people should really be considered as beneficiaries. Should they be considered as one-sided recipients of aid or as partners in development? Also, are the so-called beneficiaries really the ones who benefit from development initiatives? Try to think of some examples of this situation in your own communities. I'm sure there are a lot of examples that you can think about uh, when we look at uh, different social development initiatives in the country. The case of Saravejo and our communities, if you have reflected on them, actually capture some of the issues and challenges in social development management, which we generally classify into three. We have theoretical issues, social development strategies and implementation issues, and assessment and evaluation issues. If you look at the key issues and challenges in your outline, where do you think the case of the said city falls under? Our speakers during the webinar also shared their own experiences in terms of implementing, implementing their own social development initiatives from the government sector, from the non-government sector, and also from the academe. I would like you to reflect on the discussion that we'll be having about the social development management issues and try to relate them to the examples provided by our resource persons during the webinar or in the alternative readings that were provided to you if you are not able to attend the webinar. So the actual examples are um, very good uh, basis for understanding the concepts to be discussed in this week, okay? So we start with theoretical issues. Uh, think about your uh, discussions about the different theories of development. So we have, for example, the modernization theory versus the dependency theories. So when we talk about theoretical issues in social development management, this pertains to the differences in terms of the theories ascribed to by different actors in development. So in our uh, earlier assessments, you are already asked to reflect on this. What theory do you think would uh, be best for promoting sustainable development in the country? So obviously, a development path based on modernization would be very different than that based on dependency theories. So we have already seen, if we reflect on the history of different countries, we have seen how modernization seemed to have succeeded in developing some countries while it hasn't worked in others. The changes in development initiatives in the country based on different perspectives from development initiatives relying largely on directly adopting technology from more developed countries without considering local context 
to initiatives that aim to empower our own industries and institutions for us to move away from being export-oriented and import-dependent illustrate the point. So if we also think about the historical events in the country, we can also uh, see that there have been attempts by which modernization was the focus of the government in promoting development. So we had uh, several attempts, for example, um, wherein we focused on the modernization of agriculture uh, without considering if these technologies are appropriate for the current situation of our um, agriculture sector, for example, in comparison to many developed countries in the Western uh, world, our farm lands in the Philippines are relatively small. You know, they are relatively small parcels, and uh, many of these are also located in um, sloping areas. So if you think about uh, directly adapting, adopting technologies you know, of, for mechanization, this may not be applicable to the current situation of the agricultural sector, for example. And uh, there have also been several, um, uh, up to now, there is still several uh, initiatives that are focused more on uh, utilizing technologies, no? like um, maximizing uh, the social media and the internet in terms of providing information for our farmers and fishermen. While we do say that there is an increasing access or use of um, mobile phones by even the, the grassroots, of course, there is a question about the internet access and as well as the um, ability to afford uh, regular uh, expense uh, regular the regular expenses that you would need in order to maintain um, access to information via the internet so uh, we can still see many examples that would um, more or less uh, still be questionable in terms of whether these initiatives are really promoting development in particular sectors or in the country as a whole a uh, second point when it comes to theoretical issues is also the concept of first world versus third world experiences in social development. No? So um, there is uh, an effort to provide humor in this in terms of uh, uh, trying to differentiate no, first world problems versus third world problems. So uh, the examples are quite uh, humorous, but you think about it, uh, it really actually illustrates the, the difference between the situation of the two uh, different uh, types of uh, countries, if you would like to call it that. So we have learned from experience that local context is actually really important because of the differences in the experiences of the first world versus the third world countries. And this has also contributed to the development of new theories as was discussed earlier. The, uh, so um, the archipelagic nature, for example, of the country uh, is also something that we need to think about. Um, so uh, 
aside from the issues that we mentioned earlier about the nature of agricultural lands being usually small parcels, it, there is also the question on the dependence on fuel if we would uh, push for mechanization. So um, oftentimes, uh, even if uh, machines are provided, for example, to uh, farmer organizations, there's a question about uh, the cost of, additional cost of fuel in order to utilize these machines. So in addition, of course, um, many of the machineries um, are costly. So because of these experiences, we have learned that what fits for one may not work for the other and that there is no one-size-fits-all type of development program. The second set of issues refers to social development strategies and implementation issues. Under this is uh, issues related to organization. So the type of development initiatives that will be implemented by each organization depends on the nature of the organization. So while most of the organizations engaged in social development initiatives are nonprofit, such as uh, many civil society organizations, foundations, or corporate social responsibility organizations of businesses, uh, they may, of course, differ in terms of their goals and objectives. And in many cases, organizations, in many cases, um, of course, these the goals and objectives of these different uh, social development initiatives are also aligned with the type of uh, business, for example, when we talk about uh, private businesses, now we did the type of business that uh, the particular a particular group is engaged in. In many cases also, organizations and institutions implement programs that are overlapping in a particular community and may cause confusion if they're contradicting in nature or in the implementation of activities. So there are a lot of instances wherein when we go on the ground um, to do our research or even to implement our extension projects, we learned that in the past, there have already been a lot of initiatives implemented by different groups, or uh, they're even currently being implemented while we are starting a new project or uh, initiative. And um, sometimes this causes confusion among the members of an organization, for example, or a community. So there is no integration of these different initiatives and uh, thus um, they are seen as uh, simply separate initiatives that do not converge together to create one big impact. Yeah? So on the other hand also, we also look at uh, the weaknesses and strengths of different organizations. So each organization has its own strengths and weaknesses, and this may contribute to the success or failure of programs that are being implemented. So for example, as we discussed earlier in the actors of development, we know that the strength of corporate organizations are in terms of providing funds while they are weak in community organizing. Meanwhile, we have NGOs which are mostly strong in community engagement, 
but have limited funds. So if organizations work on their own and implement programs that are disconnected from others being implemented in the same community or with the same beneficiaries, the result will be confusion and perhaps even fatigue among the communities or beneficiaries. So uh, fatigue in our uh, communities, our partners, is not just in terms of uh, conducting research, but also in terms of the implementation of initiatives, especially if our if the initiatives are similar or just the same as uh, previous ones that the community has already uh, undergone or experienced. So in these instances, the programs may fail. And uh, such experiences have led to the realization, again, that there is a need for partnerships and collaborations. So uh, we see now that uh, there's a need for comprehensive and integrated development planning in order to maximize the strengths of each group and uh, support um, the program um, that can provide bigger impacts. So we already have some initiatives no, from the side of the government. Um, they have started some convergence initiatives such as the DADAR, DENR, DILG, National Convergence Initiative for Sustainable Rural Development. So you can look at their website if you wish to learn more about it. And uh, this particular initiative advocates the integrated ecosystems management. So uh, we see here that uh, such concepts are promising, um, uh, but of course there's a need to look at the individual initiatives because this includes national greening program and uh, local convergence agro-enterprise. So uh, there's a need to look at whether these initiatives really are um, converging and together and whether the programs are or projects are planned and implemented in an integrated manner, manner such that the impacts would be uh, bigger for the community. So another perspective on the issue of organizations pertains to people's organizations that are usually formed or partnered with in implementing social development programs. If the organization already existed before the development program, the organization will have a different nature from what the development program aims to achieve. Um, in addition, organizations, uh, as we said earlier, have their own strengths and weaknesses. So there are already many instances wherein um, there have been some uh, organizations that have been uh, dissolved you know, or destroyed when machinery or funds um, are provided by a funding agency to an organization that uh, is just newly established no, and has not yet um, been um, developed organizationally. Uh, so we have to be careful when we uh, um, provide also um, initiatives or implement initiatives with partner uh, organizations. We have to also give focus on strengthening the organization, ensuring that they are really um, bonded together towards achieving uh, one goal in order for them not to be uh, uh, destroyed or dissolved when uh, 
money comes in. No, there have been, uh, as we said, several instances wherein corruption among office officers, for example, uh, takes place because um, also of um, lack of training on how to manage funds, uh, as well as lack of uh, strengthening of the organization. And this, of course, interests uh, prevail because of the situation of the people no, because of poverty itself. So if you look at the case of Barangay Biga, for example, they already shared to us that they have formed several organizations in the past in relation to various programs of government agencies such as DA and BIFAR. So we gave you some examples about the um, pig dispersal or animal dispersal as well as the seaweed farming program. However, since most of these programs are simply in the form of dissemination of fishing implements or animals, the organization does not really function after the funds or materials are provided to them. And the objective of the programs to provide livelihood opportunities to increase the income are not met. So uh, in the case of the SEC for ID program that we have introduced to you, um, a new organization was established but the entire first year was uh, allotted to analyzing the community, establishing rapport, establishing the organization, as well as strengthening the organization so that they can eventually implement uh, social development initiatives on their own. Uh, we also did an analysis of the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats um, because this will be important in identifying appropriate strategies and ways forward. So when we are able to identify strengths, we think about how we can use these existing strengths to take advantage of existing opportunities. So when we do this, we will be able to uh, develop and design projects that would really be more or less sustainable. So these experiences highlight the importance of social technology and the thrust of our department also to focus on strengthening and empowering human organizations and social institutions because in the end, only through cohesive collective action can development truly take place in a community. So the second um, issue under social development strategies and implementation issues refers to social development strategies. So in taking social action or implementing SD initiatives, development practitioners may opt for different strategies to implement it. So collaboration and partnership are generally strategies that focus on education, awareness raising, and cooperation with authorities. Um, this importance of partnership is uh, recognized in our SDG. So we have uh, SDG 17, which is partnerships for the goals. Partnerships be between different sectors are usually effective and efficient ways of implementing programs, as we said earlier, because it maximizes the different strengths of each actor, which may complement the individual weaknesses of each. The problem is that uh, this strategy usually works well in situations where there are no strong conflicts between the community and the 
local authorities, for example, and between and among the different development actors as well as within the community itself. So, uh, of course, we are uh, well aware that uh, there is the issue of power, uh, political power within communities and among um, officials, agencies, no, and uh, the community. Uh, thus, uh, we commonly have to work by negotiating no, and advocating for uh, whatever is um, the desire of the community or you have to negotiate it or advocate for it um, with uh, those in power okay so this would um, mean that uh, through these activities and strategies we may be able to um, provide some pressure uh, so that we will be uh, listened to or heard and that uh, our program will be supported. So advocacy, of course, includes um, lobbying for policies no, and resolutions at the local and uh, different levels. Um, in areas where there is wide inequality in power or political division, uh, you may have to resort to confrontational strategies. No? Um, the authorities usually uh, implement this uh, in the form of top-down programs. So uh, the agency or the officials would uh, require the implementation of different um, programs and projects regardless of the social ac acceptability of different communities uh, who will be at the receiving end of these uh, development initiatives. Uh, of course, we have seen that this strategy often fails uh, because when you impose such activities on communities, despite protests or objections, um, these usually do not um, become successful. Uh, try to think of some examples of such initiatives that have failed because of this lack of social acceptability. These strategies may also be implemented by organizations themselves in pushing for the implementation of development programs. So advocacies may come in the form of dialogues, petition signing, while confrontational strategies include resistance through protest actions and the like. So you can also see how different uh, actors in, in development uh, utilize these types of strategies. So mostly you have our NGOs utilizing the advocacy strategies as well as confrontational strategies no especially in uh, many issues wherein the voices of the community or the different sectors are not really being incorporated in decision making so the last under social development strategies and implementation issues refers to resource mobilization this one is quite easy to understand uh, if you look at the comparison of health financing per capita across the globe, for example, we can see how the less developed countries provide very low to low funds for health. So we've seen um, several, uh, almost every year, you know, when there are budget hearings, we uh, uh, look at how uh, the budget is allocated and uh, there are several critiques 
as to the very low funds for health, education, and, and even for uh, agencies such as the DSWD compared to the military, for example. So we have Philippine healthcare spending per capita, capita uh, at only $132.29 as of 2017. And if you compare that to other countries, of course, these are, uh, uh, belong to the developed countries. It is uh, very, very uh, different no? at $10,566, for example, for, for the U.S., uh, across Asia, you can also look at the Philippine doctor to 1,000 people ratio. So the Philippines is very well below the global average. And uh, we rank second across ASEAN countries in terms of the out-of-pocket expenses as a percent of health expenditure. So there is very low access to um, public health services. So we need to... Uh, have uh, funds, no? the private individuals need to have the funds in order to provide for health services. For uh, the Philippines 2020 General Appropriations Acts, for example, we see that health, education, social welfare, and development still lack budget. And uh, of course, this is... Uh, alarming because studies have already shown that there is a link between expenditure and education and the performance of students. So uh, we try to think about the role of NGOs and other sectors, um, its importance in supporting development countries. Uh, but of course, when government expenditure or pri priorities no, is not aligned with providing these important services, the the NGOs and other uh, sectors would, of course, not be able to really provide for the needs of uh, the country. Another issue with funding, of course, from NGOs and other private sectors is the lack of continuity. So when the budget for a development project ends, sometimes, of course, um, um, the benefits gained no longer um, continue. Next, we talk about policy issues, and these types of issues are quite evident in many of our social development initiatives. The first one pertaining to prioritization. Priorita prioritization means doing first things first and is done by evaluating a group of items and ranking them in order of importance, urgency, or other criteria. The setting of criteria is important and affects the final decision-making. In most instances, there are two or more relevant and important criteria for the implementers. Thus, we can use tools such as matrices, and an example is the multiple criteria decision analysis or MCDA, which is a useful tool in trying to think about uh, or decide which particular projects or programs will we prioritize based on different criteria. So prioritization um, really needs to take place when you talk about social development management. And we will talk about uh, why uh, in a bit. Okay. So 
the need to prioritize is evident because through the process of prioritization, we will be able to thresh out the relative urgency of the issues. So by analyzing the proposed projects or plans, the decision makers will be able to consider the urgency of the issues in decision making. So because you're going to assess each uh, project or initiative, you will be able to consider which one um, is urgent or needs to be implemented first. Secondly, Prioritization is important because by going through the process of prioritization with stakeholders and partners, we will be able also to validate the perceived impact or expected result of different types of development initiatives. And this will contribute to appropriate expectation setting and leveling off among the implementers and the stakeholders because you will be able to discuss among yourselves what uh, are the results that we expect from a particular uh, project or program? And uh, you'll be able to discuss and find out whether uh, you are uh, thinking about the same types of or the same impacts when um, you're, you're talking about one project or program. Lastly, of course, resources are limited most of the time. Okay, we very well know uh, how uh, limited our budget is, of course. So prioritization allows for effectiveness, meaning we are able to achieve the goals of a particular project or program, as well as efficiency, meaning that we are able to maximize output based on the input. So, uh, of course, decision makers would look at whether... Um, the limited resources would provide uh, the expected impacts and would meet the goals of the project, as well as be able to um, create the maximum impact given the uh, same amount of expenses or cost. So again, as we said earlier, uh, setting the criteria for prioritization is important. Um, of course, uh, there have been several issues um, in the past, no, uh, which questions which types of projects did the government, for example, prioritize. You think about what is the basis of this prioritization. No, the most common basis for prior or criteria for prioritization are urgency, seriousness, extent of the problem or issue, and consequence of the problem. The seriousness and consequence of the problem allows us to consider whether there will be a great, uh, there will be great consequences if you do not implement a particular program or project. So, for example, um, if you do not implement a particular uh, infrastructure uh, project, for example, it would lead to the flooding of uh, several. Uh, communities. Uh, so that would uh, tell us about the seriousness and consequence of the problem. Uh, the extent of the problem also not related to this considers the number of people that will be affected or the scope of the problem that must be addressed. So in many instances, 
we see that when a greater percentage of the population will be affected, decision makers usually prioritize this over other programs and projects. So of course, it depends who the decision makers are um, because uh, they have their own criteria for decision making. Okay, uh, also under the policy issues, we have the non-implementation and political power as an issue. In the Philippines, for example, we have a report of the NEDA on the Official Development Assistance Portfolio Review, which shows that several issues or problems encountered by projects that led to non-completion or failure of some projects. You can see here that uh, among the nature of problems are related to the project management office, including the lack of capacity of the PMO and internal issues in the PMO administration. Uh, some problems are also institutional, such as on the setting of criteria, non-submission of documents, and delayed implementation of prerequisites to the project. So these are, because of these issues, no, you are unable to implement the project or program uh, completely. These have led to problems in the implementation of important projects, such as the development of poor urban community sector project, the Laguna de Bay Carbon Shed project, uh, among others. No? You can uh, look at the report, which is available online. So you can also see that there, there have been cash deficits, such as budget shortfall, and uh, that have led to problems in the agrarian reform communities development projects. So, uh, of course, some of the reasons for this um, and submission of documents and delayed implementation of prerequisites are also re related to political power or politics that have been a hindrance to the implementation of several development projects. For example, we have here LGU participation that has been reported to affect the ARMM Social Fund for Peace and Development Project due to minimal support from LGUs, while the Kalahi Seeds has also experienced problems in its local counterpart. So the support, the local government, and the political will as well to implement uh, development projects are important, no? and they become key issues when it leads to the um, non-implementation or failure of different development initiatives. So uh, political issues in implementation may also refer to the nature of political positions and most development projects, which are based on the political terms of office rather than being comprehensive and long-term. So this also has something to do with uh, the political terms, which are very short. So many of the initiatives are also uh, narrow or do not have a long-term or seek a long-term impact because what is uh, commonly being focused on um, by those in power are those accomplishments that can be easily um, accomplished within their uh, term and are also very much visible. Okay, so the last set of issues refer to our assessment and evaluation issues. Um, 
As discussed earlier, the use of particular development indicators that may not fully and truly reflect the situation is one issue. We have talked about the development gap and how uh, development is constrained, no? um, and uh, as well as uh, development uh, is not truly reflected by indicators that are being used. No? So development is also being distorted. While development programs are generally meant to improve the quality of life from what is to what it should be based on set metrics of a good quality of life or uh, to narrow the gap between the rich and the poor, oftentimes the measures of success for these are not appropriate. At the micro level, for example, uh, the use of the number of beneficiaries or number of trainings or activities conducted um, as a measure of success of a development project is very narrow, no? if you look at it. So you would just focus on implementing many trainings or uh, implementing activities that would uh, show that you have many beneficiaries, even if these types of activities or initiatives uh, do not really have a big impact no, or do not really meet the needs of the partners. In some instances, no indicators are even identified at the onset of the project. So we have seen this in many of our engagements also, wherein when we look at, uh, we try to assess the impacts of a project, there are no baseline data available. So how are you going to really see whether these uh, initiatives have really created some impact among its beneficiaries or partners? And this presents a problem in terms of monitoring and evaluation. In addition, you also have uh, the issue of monitoring during projects, which are sometimes not even being conducted due to budgetary constraints. So we have limited manpower as well as limited budget to conduct such activities. Given this situation, the actual social impacts of development programs are commonly not evaluated properly or appropriately or are not even utilized in deciding whether the project or program is worth implementing or whether it has actually been successful in promoting development. So the importance of monitoring and evaluation is actually to also find out whether uh, we should continue with this type of initiatives. But uh, if you are unable to do this, then um, you might continue conducting the same types of initiatives, which are not really creating any impact among the communities or uh, the partner sectors groups. So to end, in many instances, the key problem really refers to the problem of fit. Without a clear assessment of the needs and aspirations of the people, the, the policy, the programs or projects, the social development initiatives will not really address um, these needs and thus it will not really lead to long-term and sustainable uh, impacts and development. So this ends our week 10 discussion. I hope that the discussion was has helped you in meeting the learning outcomes set for this week. So this also ends our unit four um, 
for now, we can now move on to uh, some readings. No? You can also look at some of the other references provided to you and uh, go back to your case analysis and uh, work on it. You can uh, also refer to readings by Martin on co-evolution and co-adaptation of human social systems and ecosystems, as well as uh, a reading by Thomas and Tongani Bea on Pacific Island Rural Development, which can guide you in um, drafting your case analysis input. Thank you, and I look forward to reading your uh, submissions for the week.